We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 10 DraftKings Picks and Preview. If you were looking for the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League link and you couldn't find it until right now, guess what? It's in the description of this podcast and video. took like two days to delay. Like, get your head out of your ass, DraftKings. Get me my link. Well, they finally did. It just took a lot longer than usual. It's in all the shows, all the normal spots. Please play. $15 to enter, three max entry, $45,000 of guaranteed money, plus my entries, which are dead, so it's even easier. Better than rake-free. That's what I guarantee the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League open. But if you want to get into a draw as well for 20 DK dollars, two ways to do so. One. Smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me your favorite running back play below $5,000 on the Week 10 main slate. The other way to do so, subscribe, rate, and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Rate five stars, DraftKings handle, something you like about the show. Boom! You're in the draw for 20 DK bucks as well. Joining me right now from DK Live, host of the DFS Edge and EstablishTheRun.com, where if you use the promo code MAYO20, you get yourself 20% off. It's Adam Levitan. What's going on? Hey, what's up, buddy? Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being on. It's not so much me having you on. It's you actually agreeing to be on. That's really the key to all of this. It is? Okay. I'm happy to come on anytime, especially, I mean, I know we have to talk about football today, but I'm always down to talk about uh, other stuff, you know, uh, sex, uh, life, anything else. 
I mean, I used to have a lot more sex before I, I was not only married but had a child. I, I won't lie about that. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> welcome to the club, buddy. I mean, yeah. God. Well, I mean, people like joke about it, but until you actually like go through the transition of like all the sex to very limited amounts of sex, it's like, oh, fuck, this sucks. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you just got to give it some time, but then she's going to want more babies and that'll lead to more short term sex. Uh, 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 which is followed by a prolonged experience of no sex once again. Oh, geez, that's fun. I mean, I was winning more money on DraftKings when I was having more sex. So maybe I, I need to ratchet it up. Be like, listen, we need to have another kid very soon because I need to win like 50K or something like that. <laughs> you think there's a correlation between the sex and the winning? Uh, maybe. I mean, my biggest win ever was on my birthday. So maybe I just only play on my birthday every year. Birthday narrative. Yeah. Maybe. And it'd, it'd be good this year because the Masters is on my birthday. So maybe I'll just win a million bucks on my birthday. Oh, wow. Master's birthday. Wow. You really are. You're, you're like born for golf. It's really pathetic. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not great now, but when I'm like 60, if I make it there, which I probably won't, but then the golf is really going to come in handy, I think. You're not going to make it to 60 if you keep smoking those cigs, man. I'm worried about you. Yeah, but we have free health care. It'll take care of itself. <laughs> That's only a problem in America, Levy. Come on. <laughs> Smoking only kills in America. Yeah, that, that would be my pitch for the rest of the world. If I was <laughs> if I was in the pocket of big tobacco, which I may or may not be. If you were smoking on the show, then we know for sure you're you're in the pocket of big I, tobacco. I have actually toyed with well, I saw Ed Reed smoking a stogie on Sunday night football. It's like if he can smoke on NBC, why can't I smoke cigs when I do? I would be so much more fucking relaxed if I was smoking the entire time. And I would be the only person on video smoking. I feel like that would have cachet. It would it would. There's I think uh, a way bigger stigma against cigs than stogies, you know, like stogies are um old, you know, I'm 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 enjoying life, I'm relaxing and Sigs are like, you know, I'm having a nervous breakdown and I'm trying to kill myself as fast as possible. Yes, that is the vibe that I want for this show. It's like me. <laughs> I mean, I can just be the fantasy sports equivalent of Edward R. Murrow. We can get even get rid of the color. We can shoot this in black and white. It'd be perfect. Yeah, it's all fun and games, buddy. Until you get sick. I'm worried about you. Uh, I'm taking care of myself in the other ways. And then I did quit. And then I got back on. Anyway, smoking talk aside, let's talk football. Now you're making me feel bad about my health. <laughs> Running backs this week, Christian McCaffrey, 10-5. Is it expensive enough? Because it's probably not. Uh, you know, outside of the two Tampa games, I believe Christian McCaffrey's uh, worst scorer on DraftKings this season has been around 30 points. Um, you know, and I think one thing about pricing, you shouldn't just think of it from a, a median perspective. So, you know, Christian McCaffrey's median perspective is probably, you know, 27, 28, 29 points, something like that. Uh, this week, you can think of it from a floor or ceiling perspective. So yeah, I'm, I'm paying 10.5. Part of what I'm paying for is that Christian McCaffrey almost never has less than 20 points in this spot, right? So, um, you know, I, I think that at 10.5, uh, assuming that we get some of the value that uh, we tend to usually get by the end of the week with injuries, uh, I would say that it, it is still uh, not enough. It doesn't feel like it's enough, but even last week, I mean, the, the blessing that was Jalen Samuels allowed everyone to play Christian McCaffrey. You can pay up for 10, then you can pay down to four. Boom. You felt good about your lineups, even building with other stars in it. Now that he's even more expensive, if you look at like the next 
10 or so running backs all the way down to $6,000. You got Barkley, Kamara, Aaron Jones, Latavius Murray, who you're not going to play at $7,300 as a backup. Uh, that awful Ingram, Nick Chubb, uh, now with Kareem Hunt back. And then you have Marlon Mack, Le'Veon Bell, Derrick Henry, Jalen Samuels again, Todd Gurley. And then it goes down to David Johnson, who is expected to return in that tough matchup like you talked about against the Bucks. But let's say you didn't take McCaffrey. Who would be the other guy to start your lineup with? Because I feel like it's probably Kamara, isn't it? At the running back position, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. some wide receivers that I'd be more excited about. At the running back uh, position, yeah. I, I mean, um, I think Alvin Kamara is going to come back, and I think he's going to be near 100%. The bigger question is, did the way Latavius Murray played in the previous two weeks while Kamara was out enough to earn Latavius Murray 40% of the running back touches, 45% of the running back touches? Because that wouldn't shock me because Latavius really, really uh, played well. But that said, you know, Alvin Kamara is so involved in the pass game that it would be pretty hard for him to fail, completely fail at 8K. I mean, he's going to catch four to six balls uh, for sure in this game against the Falcons. So yeah, I think Alvin Kamara is okay at 8,200. He wouldn't be someone that I would be that excited about. You know, one of his teammates at the wide receiver position, I'd be uh, more excited about, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, if you just wanted to build around Michael Thomas and go about your way, that's probably going to end up being the move. But like at the very top, like McCaffrey's biggest thing is that he's not only plays all the snaps, it's that you know, there's no one coming in to steal his work. Like he gets overworked in the offense anyway and there is no relief for him at any time Barkley's kind of the same way uh but it's funny to say it's a tougher matchup against the Jets but the one thing they can actually do is stop the run but it's just super expensive for Saquon Barkley and then you get into a situation like you talked about what's the split with Kamara and Murray we don't know Aaron Jones I mean at best he'll play 70 percent more likely he'll play 60 percent along with Jamal Williams uh Ingram's playing like 45 percent of the snaps Kareem Hunt is back with Nick Chubb like do you roll the dice on any of those guys or go to the ones who are secure in their jobs? Like Le'Veon Bell is secure in his job. Bilal Powell and Ty Montgomery aren't taking his touches. The problem is the Jets just aren't very good. Although the Jets aren't good and he found his way to 20 points last week. Yeah. And Le'Veon Bell, I think he's probably going to end up playing, but I, we should note that he is on injury report with a knee issue and, and we'll see. Uh, we might end up getting Ty Montgomery and Bilal Powell as, as plays this week. But yeah, I, I think the way that the running back tiers are, are shaping up uh, early in the week is that there's going to be more value at, at the bottom range um, than there is at the top. But, you know, at, at the top, we, a lot of the guys, like you mentioned, are are in timeshares. And, yeah, they have access to their ceiling in those timeshares. It's just you lose some of the floor like we saw last week with Aaron Jones. And he was Aaron Jones, one of the most popular players on the entire slate uh, last week. But it's like people just ignored that Jamal Williams is going to play a ton. And the next thing you know, the Packers don't run very many plays. They They have a bad game. Aaron Rodgers plays poorly. And Aaron Jones is just a total dust ball. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, McCaffrey this week will be more popular. I mean, last week, I know you said, and I agree with you, that like it was so obvious to play Samuels and McCaffrey. But like even in cash, Christian McCaffrey was only 50% owned. And, and, and Christian McCaffrey in tournaments was only like 28% owned or something like that. So, uh, yes, the people in the Pat Mayo experience bubble uh, know to play Jalen Samuels and Christian McCaffrey together last week. I wouldn't assume that. Uh, everybody on DraftKings, which uh, unfortunately for you, not everybody who plays on DraftKings watches the Pat Mayo experience. So uh, not everybody knows to do so. You know, that was the goal when I first came over to DraftKings, that everyone on DraftKings would watch my show. Not the case. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot of people. I yeah, mean. it'd be great. <laughs> 
Uh, in the Pat Mayo experience open last week, I don't know what it was in the DFS listeners league, but we had, I think Jalen Samuels was around 78% owned and McCaffrey was 61% owned. Those were like how it, how it shook out. And then, then everyone else ended up being like, oh yeah, I'll play Russell Wilson too. And like everyone had a lot of points. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's great. And, and you know, I think that some people leveled themselves out of Russ, which I talked about on the solo pod a bit uh, this week, but, but yeah, you know, uh, it certainly was not complicated last week. And I actually think you can make good cases for playing Samuels and McCaffrey together again, assuming James Conner sits out. I know that Jalen Samuels is 2,300 more this week, but yeah, I'm just so focused on uh, running backs who catch passes. They're just incredibly valuable uh, on DraftKings. You know, not only is it full PPR, but when you're playing just one day fantasy, like having a guy who cannot get game scripted out, you know, no matter how the game goes. And, you know, we're fools to think that we can project how games are going to go uh, really accurately. So having a player who a running back who uh, does well when his team's getting crushed, does well when his team uh, is, is winning by a lot. Uh, it's just incredibly valuable. So I, I still think Jalen Samuels is, is in play assuming Connor is out again. So he's at $6,300 and we'll let's assume that Connor is out for this time right now. Like when I had uh, Jesse Morris on last week's show, the doc, he kind of said that like, if Connor doesn't play this week, I'd expect him to miss a few weeks because that means his AC joint sprain is more impactful than like the lowest grades. Like if he had the lowest grade, it would just be a pain thing. And he probably would play this week. If they actually sit him out, then it's more likely more serious than they originally thought. And he's probably going to miss like two, three, four weeks. So I wouldn't expect Connor to play, even though he's practicing in a limited fashion earlier on in the week. Uh, we'll see how that ends up shaking out. It would actually be better for the Jalen Samuels shares if Connor practiced every day until Friday and then was like, oh yeah, I'm not playing on Sunday. Because then he'd be like 5% owned. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, late news is always going to be better. And yeah, given how early the James Connor news came out last week, I mean, there was nothing stopping the, the Jalen Samuels ownership. So Kareem Hunt back with Nick Chubb. I actually think it's a decent matchup for Chubb for what he specifically does. You can run up the gut on the Bills, no problem. And we've seen, I mean, your favorites, the Dust Bowl players like Adrian Peterson just gashed them on the ground. Jordan Howard gashed them on the ground. So I think that Nick Chubb might be able to do this as well, but I just worry about this split. Like they're already talking up Kareem Hunt. I would still think at worst, it's like 65-35, but I actually have no idea. Do you have any lean on it? <laughs> Shout out to producer Paul for the uh, Baker <laughs> Baker Mayfield picture. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, look, Nick Chubb was was uh, not playing every snap anyways. You know, Donchell Hilliard was playing 38% of the snaps over the last two weeks. Obviously, Nick Chubb still gets a lion's share of touches, and Nick Chubb actually plays pretty well in the pass game. Uh, I'm not sure that they're ready to just throw, throw Kareem Hunt right in there and have him steal uh, Nick Chubb's thunder. I kind of think that uh, Kareem Hunt will be eased in with the Dontrell Hilliard role, which is actually like a reasonable role. So uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't affect, I wouldn't dock Nick Chubb's projection uh, too much, uh, if at all. If you liked him uh, going into this Buffalo game, I, I think you should still like him. So the only other one that's on that tier, I'm just looking at it right now, like Kansas City can't stop the run. They're actually kind of good against the pass. And I know this kind of goes against everything you just said about you need to have a running back that can't be scripted out. And Derrick Henry can definitely be scripted out. Although Tennessee is like so poorly coached that even if they're down by 25 points, they still run with Derrick Henry. So maybe he yeah. can't be scripted out. He's just not getting the valuable touches. But the way that Tennessee keeps his game close is just pound Derrick Henry 25 times and hopefully he can gash this defense, which he probably can. Like, I don't love ever playing Derrick Henry because of that lack of upside in the passing game. But this seems like a really good spot, especially at home. 
Sure. And, and we'll see on Patrick Mahomes because I think that's big for Derrick Henry. Obviously, if, if Patrick Mahomes comes back and, and plays, then uh, Derrick Henry's expectation at that amount of time that the Titans will have the ball, the likelihood they're winning in the game uh, with Mahomes out there, it goes down. With Matt Moore out there, you could see Tennessee uh, having chances and at least paths to, to winning the game. So, so yeah. And, you know, they've used Derrick Henry in screen game a little bit. And Deion Lewis fumbled uh, last week. Um, so yeah, things are certainly pointing up for Derrick Henry. If you believe in the narrative that he plays better late in the season, that's certainly been the case in the past. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I could see it. Uh, I agree with you. I, I rarely play, uh, Derrick Henry, but you know, he certainly put it right down my throat in the last four weeks of last season, when he was going for like 40 points every slate. So the $5,000 range is super thin. It has both Arizona running backs. It does appear like David Johnson is going to come back. David Montgomery in a really nice spot. And I hate Devonta Freeman, but at 5100 bucks, it seems like a spot. Like he's been catching a ton of passes whenever he's healthy. Like he can end up with eight catches in this game for like 65 yards. And you just have to have him fall in the end zone in garbage time. And all of a sudden he's made it there. Like I, I don't think that he's good, but I like the situation with them as 13 point underdogs. Uh, then you have Devin Singletary right below him, who seems like he's taken that job now in Buffalo. Maybe we don't know what the bills do on a week to week basis. Do you imagine either Montgomery Freeman or Singletary making it into any of your lineups? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and not, I think uh, David Montgomery, I mean, has established himself as like a true three down plus goal line bell cow for the Bears. And yeah, I mean, it's desperate times and they don't trust much of Trubisky at all. I think, you know, David Montgomery's going to touch the ball a ton uh, against the Lions. And yeah, you know, the, the good thing about Devin Singletary is in, in week eight, the Bills were losing for most of the game and he dominated snaps. And in week nine, they were winning for most of the game and he dominated snaps. So I'm not saying that Frank Gore is going to, go away uh, and I think Frank Gore is still going to get red zone touches but I, I think that they're pretty happy with where they're at with Devin Singletary right now so yeah I, I think that's fine and and yeah I actually think you know David Johnson I know he's 5700 I know he's facing Tampa but uh, he's really likely to catch four or five balls and and um, you know at 5700 uh, you don't need a lot more beyond that so I think he's at least in play too. Yeah, I do think that David Montgomery is probably the play of this $5,000 range. The one problem I have with Singletary is what you kind of hit on. Not only is Frank Gore still going to be involved, we don't know to what extent, but it's likely you're going to come near the goal line than not. And then you have Josh Allen just stealing touchdowns, and that always happens. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen's a threat to run at the goal line uh, for sure. I don't think Devin Singletary's touchdown expectation is that high, but yeah, I mean, he's only 5K. I, you can make a pretty good case that he's, uh, pretty mispriced against this Cleveland defense. Uh, so what are we doing at the, like, we want to pay up for Christian McCaffrey. We're probably going to have to go down here either at tight end, at receiver, or is, is there a running back that you do actually like from down in this range? Like, you could play Ty Johnson against the Bears. Uh, he's down here. Kalen Balage is down here. He's $3,800. He might not be good, but he has a good matchup, and, and he's, like, the last man standing right now until we figure out that, like, oh, Miles Gaskin's actually the starter. But it's really tough to take any as someone who tried to use Mark Walton along with Jalen Samuels last week, let me tell you, you don't want a Miami running back. Yeah, it doesn't really work out well. So who's the guy uh, down here? Is, is it Ronald Jones at 43? Because they can talk all they want. I, I've seen this enough throughout the course of the season that Ronald Jones has a good game, then he plays like three snaps the next week. Yeah, I mean, God, the, you know, I didn't play any Mark Walton um, last week. I just had no trust or faith whatsoever in the run scheme um, and their ability to to create rushing uh, fantasy points. So I'll probably pass on, on Kalen Balaj. I think Ronald Jones is, 
interesting, mostly because of the matchup. And, and yeah, you know, they talk a lot, but also they showed last week that uh, Ronald Jones set season highs in snaps and touches and Peyton Barber set season lows uh, in snaps and touches. I mean, Ronald Jones uh, played well, uh, operated as the starter. Um, so I think he'll come back and start and, and get a chance to handle, you know, 70% of the running back touches uh, in a really, really good matchup. He's not going to play in the pass game, which is a, a concern, you know, I, I, but it's kind of mitigated a bit by him being only 4,300. And it's also mitigated by the game environment. I mean, one of the best game environments for sure is Tampa, uh, Arizona. So yeah, I think, I actually think Ronald Jones is going to end up being uh, pretty popular and, and um, I think the floor is probably lower than people give it credit for because he doesn't play in the pass game uh, very well, but he's certainly in play. I think that he is in play for sure. I, I will probably have none of Ronald Jones this week, yeah. especially if he's like his, and he's like the very clear value from down in the like low four thousands. I would expect him to be around. He won't have like Jalen Samuels love because that just made so much sense. Uh, this makes less sense because his name is Ronald Jones and he plays for Tampa who just loves to pass the entire time. But if yeah. he's going to be like 15 to 20% owned, I would just figure out a way to get up to the, even Devin Singletary, David Montgomery, and figure out a way to make like two of those guys my lowest own and try to pair them up with someone at the top. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a great play in terms if he ends up being owned, but he won't be anywhere near Jalen Samuels. I mean, the big difference, obviously, is one is like one of the best pass catching running backs in the entire NFL, and the other is like a total uh, zero in the pass game. So yeah, that that would be uh, one big difference. Another big difference is. You know, Jalen Samuels had not only James Conner, but also Benny Snell out. I mean, I was surprised they gave the ball to Trey Edmonds so much, but whatever. In this game, you know, there's no injuries. I mean, Peyton Barber is still there. Dari Agunawable is still there. So it's a much, much different situation. So what are we doing at receiver? It sounded like you're just going to push all your chips in the middle on Michael Thomas. That would seem to be the move based on the receiver slate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> God, I, you know, Michael Thomas is like, they just don't want to throw to anybody. I mean, they don't want to throw to tight ends. They don't want to throw to Ted Ginn. They don't want to throw to, to Chaquan. Uh, they throw the ball to Michael Thomas when he's open, when he's covered in all parts of the field. He has one of the best matchups possible uh, against the Falcons. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not great for Michael Thomas, I would say, that Kamara's back because he projects for more targets than uh, Latavius did. But that said, it's really, uh, I mean, it's hard to uh, say anything bad about Michael Thomas in this matchup Drew Brees is back I mean you know I I think that um the way DraftKings has been pricing wide receivers this year has been relatively lower to the elite running backs but you can make a case that Michael Thomas's median projection is really similar to some of these running backs that they've priced you know at 9k uh 10k etc etc so after him it's Tyreek Hill Mike Evans Julio Godwin Cup Galladay Devonta Adams Allen Robinson fresh off of an Fresh off a fantastic game when I played him. Thank you, Allen Robinson. And Marvin Jones at $6,200. Then you got Beckham and Green coming back and John Brown as the $6,000 guys. Would you play A.J. Green against Baltimore or Beckham against Trey White? Uh, that doesn't – those don't sound like great ideas to me. Um, you know, I, I think Beckham is still hurt and the offense is somewhat broken and uh, Bill's secondary is really good. And on A.J. Green, yeah, I mean – I actually think Ryan Finley will uh, complete a lot of passes. Uh, they won't be down the field, but I think Ryan Finley will be okay. Uh, bigger concern for me is, I mean, this is A.J. Green's first game of the entire season. It had an ankle issue. And and the Ravens secondary, I mean, from a talent perspective, is, is among the best in the league right now with the way they've gotten healthy in the cornerback position. So, uh, yeah, those would probably be two I'll pass on.
Yeah, well, if you're just looking at the Bengals and obviously being such gigantic underdogs and the pace of play that they've had this year with Zach Taylor, just even running and passing for that matter, they just run an absurd amount of plays. And I wouldn't expect that to change too much with Finley under center that Tyler Boyd is all of a sudden a fantastic value. And he's always better when A.J. Green is playing. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. down at $4,700 now. It's it's extremely cheap for, for Tyler Boyd. And, and I think, the way he runs routes fits well with Ryan Finley. It's an extremely difficult matchup against Marlon Humphrey for Tyler Boyd. Uh, and I think AJ Green coming back uh, from a target projection, at least in theory, takes some targets away from Tyler Boyd, which I don't like. But but yeah, I mean, Tyler Boyd is is too cheap, I would say, 4700 Yeah, there's a few of them down there in the 47s. But if we go with Michael Thomas, let's say we don't go with Michael Thomas. We want to be contrarian here. We're not going to go with Michael Thomas. Not suggesting that, but some people want to. Would you do Evans or Godwin? Because this does feel like a Godwin week over at Evans week. Yeah. um, uh, In the buy low model this week, Godwin is in there and Evans is not, which essentially means that Godwin, uh, his fantasy points have not uh, been equivalent over the last three weeks to his opportunity that he's seen. Chris Godwin will also be less owned because Mike Evans has just been absolutely thrashing and Chris Godwin is uh, also cheaper. So uh, from all those perspectives, uh, Chris Godwin is, is undoubtedly uh, the play this week. And, and yeah, I mean, I don't know that Patrick Peterson is done. Like people are ready to write off Patrick Peterson because he had a couple of bad games in his first couple of games back off the suspension. I'm not ready to say that, but, but, you know, uh, uh, Mike Evans is more likely to see Patrick Peterson in this game just because he operates on the outside more. Yeah, and it becomes one of those situations, too. We've seen this with the quote-unquote shutdown cornerbacks uh, over history that a lot of the times that they get credit for being good even past the point where they are shutdown corners, that the quarterbacks just see, oh, Patrick Peterson's on that side. I'm just going to throw it anywhere that's not to that side. Uh, And I can see Jameis falling into that trap. Sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, God, uh, you know, Mike Evans is just so ridiculous. I'm sure he'll get plenty of deep shots and everything, but... Uh, you know, Chris Godwin is going to get uh, the intermediate and, and and he'll be fine, I think. Yeah, if you go to establishtherun.com, use the promo code MAYO20, you can check out that Air Yards model and the buy low model, everything up there along with Silva and Levitan's work. And the Pat Thorman snaps are up right now, too. Always one of my favorite ones to look at every single week. Uh, I don't think that people understand the value into targeting high-paced teams, and not only as it projects to running plays for DraftKings, but also like betting overs and unders. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, uh, we're, God, I mean, certainly not betting experts, but I think a lot of stuff that we talk about, people can use and and apply it to betting for sure. I mean, the offensive line, defensive line mismatches, it's just, you know, that that's the pace thing. And also the offensive line, defensive line is like, I mean, I don't want to say that it's not incorporated into markets, but it seems like it's at at best or at worst, you know, underrepresented markets. Like people just aren't thinking about, uh, defensive line, offensive line mismatches, and, and it has such a huge, huge impact on the game. So, yeah, I think that article and, and the pace one are, are are good if you're looking to uh, bet on sports, which uh, I know <laughs> a lot of these uh, Canadians and, and people with access to like uh, uh, all these books are, are willing to do. Yeah, and and listen, even most people in the States, even if they, I mean, maybe they live in a state where gambling has been legalized. You bet all you want, but other people seem to have figured it out. Who knew? But I haven't looked at the uh, buy low model yet for the air yards, but I imagine that, like, Robbie Anderson, who I play every fucking week and sucks, is, like, at the top. 
<laughs> well, you keep talking for a second. I'll pull it up here and see exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll give some, uh, we'll give some teasers. Uh, the whole thing is like, I, I would imagine like almost every Jets player is, but there's a problem. Their quarterback can't complete any passes. Like that's a real issue when you're playing these guys in fantasy every single week. Like I want to believe that Robbie Anderson's going to turn it around. He should have caught like a 70 yard touchdown last week. I keep betting him over props on yardage every single week. One week it was 58 and a half. I was like, easy over. No, <laughs> under 55 and a half. Two weeks ago against the Jags. He had 33 yards on the first drive. No, easy under. Sorry, you lose again. Last week, his over under was 45 and a half. He couldn't even get there. Like, it, it's getting yeah. ridiculous with him. Uh, Robbie Anderson is not in the model. What? Um, there's only one Jet receiver in the model. And oh, his God. Name is Demarius Thomas, isn't it? Demarius Thomas. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> Yeah, like part of the ideas of the model is like we ignore quarterback play, we ignore uh, defense, we ignore matchup, we ignore everything else. Just it isolates the opportunity that a player has seen relative to his fantasy production. And so a lot of these guys are going to feel really gross uh, about playing, you know, like uh, so. So, yeah, uh, that's kind of the point. All right. So back up near the top. So if you play Thomas, do you figure out a way to game stack that and try to use Julio or potentially Ridley, or maybe even you want to like get the cheap option and use Justin Gage on the Falcon side of the ball? Like, what do you do with the Falcon side? Yeah, so Matt, I expect Matt Ryan to be back for this game. You know, it's a little concerning the the in a high ankle sprain and 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 guys trying to play on that. So that's a concern, a massive concern. I mean, Saints have one of the best defensive lines in the entire league, and Falcons' offensive line, despite all their efforts to improve it in the offseason, has not really improved so uh certainly no walk in the park for matt ryan in the past game uh you know you're most likely to get your matt ryan garbage time points i think and and those have been a thing uh for most of the last two years he can be extremely effective in garbage time so yeah i think all your bring backs are in play and and you mentioned russell gage who uh played the muhammad sanu role uh you know i was never one to get excited about muhammad sanu uh, i won't be one to get excited about russell gage what, what i would say is the difference is uh, is that Muhammad Sanu was often priced, you know, 46, 4,700 on DraftKings. Russell Gage uh, is 3,400 this week. So uh, it's at least worth uh, considering. But yeah, Hooper and uh, Julio and Ridley and Gage are all going to be in play. I, I would note that Marshawn Lattimore will likely be shadowing Julio Jones. It doesn't mean he can't win that matchup, but just something to be aware of. Uh, I believe it was week 12 last year. So the last time that the Saints, I think it was on Thanksgiving. Can't really remember at this point. I remember it was week 12. Maybe that is Thanksgiving. But the Saints played the Falcons the first time around. It was the game where Calvin Ridley scored the three touchdowns. And in the second game, they actually stuck Marshawn Lattimore on Calvin Ridley and let Julio run wild because they didn't want that hmm. happening again. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look at that. That 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 That's interesting to me. I mean, I would be shocked if they used... Marshawn Lattimore on Calvin Ridley uh, this year uh, again, but you know uh, they've used Marshawn Lattimore in different ways. He's definitely not a lock to shadow uh, Julio. No, I think after they traded for Eli Apple last year, they felt a bit more comfortable, kind of just being like, "Listen, Julio's going to get his yards against you, Eli. Just try to make it limit it to as much as possible." This is why I kind of like Hooper engage if you're going to take it. Like, like you mentioned, it's the price point on Gage that's the most appealing. But we know that the slot corners on the Saints are not good. Right. Yeah. And, and that's where you want to attack the Saints. And we saw Chris Godwin get off against them there. So, so yeah, that's definitely where you want to attack the Saints. The other injury type news that could open up something up here is Devontae Adams. You know, he looked okay in his return, but I would expect him to be a little bit healthier, well, more acclimated to being back on the field. I'm not sure if Bradbury plays for the Carolina Panthers. He dealt with a groin injury and left the game last week. Like groin injuries generally don't have you coming back right away. If he sits, I don't think anyone 
wants to use like Devonte Adams this week, but the price is down. We know what the upside is. He's sort of like a out of sight, out of mind type guy, but we know what the elite upside is. Yeah. Um, man, I thought Devonte Adams price and he's 6,900 and <laughs> I'd have to look back to see, uh, when the last time Devonte Adams was 6,900 was because Aaron Rodgers loves throwing the ball to Devonte Adams all over the field in the red zone. Um, I understand Carolina has been good against wide receivers, but yeah, that, that one stuck out to me for sure. In that, in that range, uh, you know, I, I think Devonte Adams on most weeks is an AK player. Um, do you think that Brennan cooks ends up playing this week? No, definitely not. All right. So would that lead you to any of the Rams receivers? Cause in my mind, I'm like, well, anytime you get a incredible slot player against the Steelers, they'll like try to cover him with a 400 pound dude. So Cooper cups probably in play, but Josh Reynolds is the value that opens up. But I'm starting to think that with the way that the Rams have aligned their offense, like not playing as much three wide receiver sets, playing more two tight end sets, not a lot, but like significantly more than last year when it was like 95%, that I might just look to Gerald Everett in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, last game when Cooks went out, they, they did just slide Josh Reynolds into the role. Um, and last year, you know, when Robert, when uh, Cooper Cup was out, uh, they just kept playing three wide stats. They slid Josh Reynolds into the role. Um, Gerald Everett has played better this year. Uh, I'm not ready to say that Gerald Everett's going to be like a featured player and they're going to have him out there. I mean, Brandon Cook's route tree and Gerald Everett's route tree like doesn't overlap at all, right? Like they 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 couldn't be more uh, different. So I don't know if they want to change their entire offense to accommodate Brandon Cook's injury. So as Gerald Everett's price has gone up, I believe he's like 40 something, $3,800. Gerald Everett is. Oh no, sorry. Josh Reynolds is sorry. Josh Reynolds is. Yeah. So I, I, I think that uh, Josh Reynolds and Gerald Everett, uh, Gerald Everett is certainly a more talented player and, and a better player, but I, I think um, Josh Reynolds from a price perspective is probably better, but yeah, I mean um, I'm not sure. So, so it's definitely a thin one. Uh, so the other two like values that have opened up, no T.Y. Hilton, no Paris Gamble, the Frenchman, he is gone. So Zach Pascal mm-hmm. is $5,300. I mean, even if it's Hoyer, I don't think that matters. That seems like an awful lot of target share for 5300 bucks. And right below him uh, is DJ Moore at $5,200, who has been good every single week, basically, and has yet to have a huge game. Feel like that's coming at some point. Yeah, DJ Moore was number one in the buy low model last week. Uh, ended up playing him in cash. and and. And yeah, and you know, he had a really good DraftKings day because he just barely snuck over 100 yards and he had seven or eight catches. So, so that was really good on DraftKings getting the bonus and getting the PPR. But you, you're right, he hasn't had like a huge uh, blow up game. So yeah, I, I think DJ Moore is certainly a better play than Zach Pascal. I mean, uh, you're not getting a bargain on, on Zach Pascal. I mean, he's more expensive or, you know, he's like right in the range with like Robert Woods and, and Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore and Sammy Watkins, you know, like it's hard for me to say that Pascal is significantly better than those guys just because he's the number one uh, receiver for the Colts Uh, and he's facing the Dolphins. You know, it it is a good matchup, but I still feel a little bit better about those other guys. So the other guys in the 4K range, we talked about Tower Boyd a little bit. The ones I had identified were Devontae Parker. Now that there's no one left, unless maybe you want to use Albert Wilson, uh, easier throws against the 
Colts anyway. Uh, Jarvis Landry against the Bills. Like, uh, watching the Browns game last week, they really want to get Jarvis Landry involved, even if he's like quadruple covered. They still want to force it to him. But against the Bills, the receivers that we've seen do well are the over-the-middle short A-dot guys. It just seems like the Bills give up those passes. Like They're willing to give up those passes. Yeah, I mean, Jarvis Landry was a lock the last week, and I'm surprised that his price didn't uh, come up more. You know, I understand the Bills are very good, but like Pat said, I think the way you want to attack them is with guys like Jarvis Landry. And, and you know, the betting market seems to think that the Browns are going to play well here. You know, I was shocked that the Browns opened up as a three-point favorite. You know, I think the Bills are, are clearly, clearly uh, a better team. I understand that they're going on the road well, here. And he, he, Here's the thing. Um, so I, I had it opened at two and a half. Uh, I'm looking, I looked at the percentages of betting uh, on each side. Uh, right now, the Bills are taking 95% of the money, and the line has actually moved towards the uh, towards the Browns. Like, if you ever believe in reverse line movement, just smash the Browns this week. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm sure those people are smarter than me, but, but regardless, you know, if you think the Browns are going to play well, then I would think that Jarvis Landry uh, would have a lot to do with it. And for him to still be uh, below 5K, I think, is... is uh, probably a misprice especially uh for cash where you know the low a dot stuff and and you know seven catches for 50 yards from landry at 4900 is actually pretty good for cash do you think you could mind that similar like without preston williams around so you have Devonte parker on one side he's going to get his we'll talk about gasicki when we get to tight ends but is there another dolphins receiver you can see being viable whether it be alan hearns albert wilson jakeem grant any of those guys would you consider no, I, I think uh, we've used up all of our Dolphins run good last week. I, I think it's enough. All right. So is there anyone besides uh, Gage or Reynolds in the 3K area that has your interest whatsoever? Uh, zero. Okay. That's good to know. See, th- that's what I like. So should I be, I, I don't need to say like, oh, is it Traquan Smith or, you know, Duke Williams? Just no. Like that, that, that can help me. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I, I now I don't have to sit here talking myself into terrible plays. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks on the slate. Maybe we should talk about stacks as well. I'm looking at the over-unders of some of these games. There's a lot of high total games, but none on the main slate, at least, is higher right now than Saints and Falcons. I assume that's going to be incredibly popular as the big stack game of the week. We've already talked about different options just organically. Of Hey, who do you bring it back with? Who are the guys in this game you can play? It's basically everybody. But the other one is that Cardinals-Bucks game. 50 it's only a half point less and i have a feeling it's not going to be quite as popular um yeah you know I, I think when people uh expect blowouts you see them come off a little bit so i could see the falcons guys being a bit under owned and leaving that game a little bit under owned i think people probably believe that cardinals and bucks will be closer so yeah i, I actually kind of think that game might be hmm. more popular um and you know there's so many like direct paths like the bucks are that was the thing about the Bucks seahawks game last week. Like, you didn't have to guess about who to stack. Like, if Jameis has a good game, you know it's Evans and Godwin. If Russ has a good game, you know that it's Lockett uh, and Metcalf. Like, there was really aren't other places to go. And so, with the Bucks this week, uh, again, I think that'll be super, super popular. And, and I think uh, with good reason. I mean, the Cardinals have played a little bit slower uh, of late, but this should be a really pass-centric game. And, and yeah, you know um, – when run defenses like the Bucks play well and 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 the uh, Bucks run game themselves uh, is inefficient like it's wont to be sometimes with Ronald Jones, like you just get so many pass attempts and you get so many more plays and get so many more big plays. So, yeah, I think this one actually maybe sets up better uh, for GameStack to me than 
than Saints Falcons. If that's the case, we didn't really talk about any of the Cardinals guys. Who You mentioned David Johnson just a little bit in terms of his pass catching floor and what that could open up. It does feel like Christian Kirk might be the guy here. Yeah. And Christian Kirk played outside more last week, which isn't great uh, for him um, because I think the way that Cliff Kingsbury's offense has always kind of worked is the inside guys were the the primary guys and they're still kind of mixed and matching there. So I think Christian Kirk comes with a bit of a lower floor, but, but yeah, I mean, Christian Kirk's just a, a really good player and, and no matter where he plays, I think he's going to um, have success. Uh, so the other game, and this was kind of the case last week that I took a big stand on using Phillip rivers. I was like, he's so cheap. He's going to pass all over the Packers. Well, he did pass all over the Packers, but threw no touchdown. So that was not great. But again, this week you have green Bay and you have, Carolina that game is at 47 that is the third highest projected game of the slate I doubt very many people are going to go to this one in terms of any sort of stack we've kind of talked around a lot of these guys like what if you used Rodgers Devontae Adams and Christian McCaffrey if you could find the value to fill out the rest of your roster I doubt very many people are going to go that route or is that too outside the box here Oh, no. I mean, that's definitely in the box. I mean, one thing that you can look at with stacks is like, well, here are my list of my best values. How many of them are coming from the same team? And you would highlight DJ Moore. You would highlight Curtis Samuel. You would highlight uh, Devontae Adams. Um, You could make cases for Aaron Rodgers, uh, Christian McCaffrey. You could make cases still underpriced. So, so yeah, I mean, once you start saying that, then you could say, of course, uh, this game is a candidate uh, for stacking. So, So, yeah, I don't think that that's outside the box at all. All right, the other, I always try to identify one sneaky stack game of the week as well. And it's usually with two bad teams with bad defenses and have basically nothing to play for. So they're just going to air it out. What about Giants Jets? Doesn't it yep. feel like there's going to be points in that game? Oh, undoubtedly. I mean, you know, people like on a week to week basis, they want to, you know, when Sam Darnold shredded the Cowboys, oh, see, he, he's the best. And then then he fails against the Patriots. Oh, he's the worst. And, and Daniel Jones looks really good against the Lions. See, Daniel Jones is awesome. And then, he looks bad against the Cowboys. He's the worst. You know, it's like, you know, we can't be making quarterback judgments on, on a week to week basis. And, and yeah, I think two really bad defenses in the Giants and Jets and two quarterbacks who are very capable to me of going over 300 yards uh, on, on any given game. Uh, it looks like Evan Ingram is in doubt, which hurts uh, Daniel Jones a lot, especially if Sterling Shepard can't play because then he's really down to just like Golden Tate and Darius Slayton and Saquon Barkley. Um, but yeah, I still think that Dalen Jones can, can find a way here and, and I don't mind going back to Darnold at all. So if we do take the, I actually like Daniel Jones more than Darnold in this spot, just because of the rushing upside yep. that comes along with him. And maybe if Evan Ingram ends up sitting, maybe you can squeeze Rhett Ellison in there. Who knows? You know, he's going to be super cheap, but I'm just stunned that Daniel Jones is less expensive than Sam Darnold is like that. That blows my mind. I don't know how the algorithm spits that out. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing about quarterback is like, I really try not to get hung up on who's more expensive than the other because they're all within like 800 of each other. You know, it's not like the other positions. It's just like you like a guy, you can find the 300 or the 200 or the 500 or whatever it is. It shouldn't make that big a difference in your lineup. If if you're not going to be stacking, if you're looking at just to play a solo, if you just want to get a piece of one of these games, um, it does feel like Matt Ryan at $6,100 is a way that you can not only save money, but probably get access to, you get access to the highest projected game. You save the money with Ryan over Breeze, and you know he's going to be throwing the entire time. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, you know. Do you worry about the injury? Uh, you know, a little bit. I worry that, like, their offensive line is just going to get shattered uh, going to the Superdome. Um, but, 
Yeah, I mean, there's certainly ways that they can keep this game close. And if they don't, there's ways you can get there in garbage time. It's just, it doesn't feel like the best Matt Ryan spot uh, I've ever seen um, to me. But he is way, I mean, he's cheap. I mean, he's 6,100. And and yeah, I mean, Breeze is 6,700. And God, if I got to Breeze, I'd, I'd probably want to get to Lamar. So, you know, we're starting to get up at where uh, you're paying over 7K for a quarterback. And, and that's usually... Uh, it's not something I, I try to do, although I've done it more this year. If Mahomes is revealed to be healthy, we probably won't know that until Friday, Saturday, maybe even Sunday. What would you expect the sentiment to be around him? Where people will be like gung ho, like, oh man, Mahomes is back. I got to play Mahomes. Or let me wait and see with Patrick Mahomes to see if he's healthy enough. Because I would expect if he's playing, then he's most definitely healthy enough. And I wouldn't imagine many people would actually use him here. Like that would change the way that I build a lot of teams this week that I'd probably just use Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes and just go back to that again. Yeah. I mean, the Titans have just been getting absolutely shredded by outside receivers. Um, I mean, just absolutely murdered. So, yeah, you know, Patrick Mahomes' mobility looked fine when he was celebrating the game-winning field goal uh, <laughs> last week. Uh, he's expensive. You know, I think he's, what, 7K or something like that? Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson is going to be more popular. You know, even if Patrick Mahomes was healthy, I think Lamar Jackson in the spot against the Bengals uh, would be more popular and more people would want to play him. But Patrick Mahomes is is for sure an awesome play. And, and yeah, you know, if he, it depends when the news comes out. If it comes out Friday that he's fine, he's playing, I think uh, uh, Mahomes will be among the highest-owned quarterbacks. I mean, he just always is. Okay, so if we go for, like, the cheap quarterback route, who is on the radar? Both the both Darnold and Daniel Jones for you. Is Tannehill on the radar? Yeah, the only one below Daniel Jones that uh, crossed my mind was... Finley? Was Ryan Tannehill. No, 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 no. Was... Uh, <laughs> was uh was Tannehill and and you know Tannehill showed his rushing ability Tannehill is a has started a ton of NFL games um the Chiefs can get you into shootouts Chiefs can get you into garbage time um you know so so yeah whereas I think for Derrick Henry it's better if Matt Moore starts I think for uh Ryan Tannehill it's better if Patrick Mahomes starts um but either way I you know I think Tannehill is is okay you know I wouldn't be excited about it but it's okay okay tight ends we talked a little bit about Everett, some of the pay down options. Do you think this is a week to pay up or pay down at tight end? Yeah, I mean, given roster construction, if you pay 10-5 for Christian McCaffrey, it's going to be really hard to pay up, you know? Um, like Zach Ertz was like a gift last week that he was 4700 in a week where we also paid 10K for Christian McCaffrey. I, I don't know that we're going to get that this week unless you like uh, Gerald Everett. You know, I, I think that the punt uh, is going to be uh, Jack Doyle or Greg Olson or something like that, or maybe Gasicki, who I know uh, you mentioned. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, you're not going to be able to play like Kelsey or, or Hooper or something like that. If you play McCaffrey in any kind of like reasonable wideouts. Uh, if you got to making enough lineups or you just wanted to be contrarian for the sake of just having a different lineup of the very top end tight ends, do you have an inkling of which way you would go on them? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, my first instinct would be Hooper because I think you save like 1400 off of Travis Kelsey. Uh, if I have Travis Kelsey's price right here. Uh, but from a raw projection, you know, especially Mahomes plays, I think Kelsey, uh, you know, he's certainly not had the best year, but getting Mahomes back, I think would be good. Yeah. So the other paid out options, like a lot of these guys are just crapshoots. I know that Doyle's had the two good games in a row and obviously he'll end up being popular. Olsen for a floor play, he'll be popular, but I think you can even look at different options here. Like, 
I'm not playing OJ Howard despite the price decrease in him returning. It's just, I can't do that to myself. But Gasicki, who we talked about, he's thirty one hundred dollars. Uh, the other one, if Herndon was active last week but didn't do anything, if he's still not healthy, Ryan Griffin keeps getting used in the red zone for the Jets. He's like the one guy. I mean, he the touchdown got called back on him last week, but he scored twice the week before. If we do think that there's a lot of points in this game, if I was going to take a, a touchdown punt guy from the bottom of tight end, I think it would be him. Yeah. You know, Chris Herndon uh, was active last week and didn't play. Uh, they seem optimistic that he'll be able to uh, play this week. God, yeah, Ryan Griffin. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> I've heard worse ideas, I guess, but I do think that we probably won't have to make that call because I do think that Chris Herndon probably going to end up playing. Okay, so other cheap guys, because this is where I want to lose all my money this week with terrible ideas. Jonu Smith. Good two weeks ago, bad last week, but he's still only $3,500. Delaney Walker's out of the walking boot right now, but I don't think that he's going to end up playing. So I think that he's still on the table as sort of a pivot off one of these low-owned guys. I I doubt that there's a really good case to be made that if, like, Jack Doyle is going to be 25% owned to play Jack Doyle, like, chalk, cheap, tight end sounds like a really bad idea. Agreed. Yeah. No, it's for sure a bad idea. Um, and, you know, I think people play OJ Howard because he's playing the Cardinals. Uh, you know, everyone's oh, yeah. played tight ends <laughs> against the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you can't project many targets for OJ Howard. You know, he's coming off a hamstring injury. Uh, he was rotating anyways, but Cam Brate's been hurt. And, and yeah, you know, it would take uh, a leap of faith for sure. I would think for me, it would be if I was going to pay down Janu in that game, especially if Mahomes plays or Gasicki, like especially without Preston Williams around, we can't decide who the other dolphin is. It does seem like Fitzpatrick is just going to chuck it up to him. And these aren't like the tight end screens or the safety valve type passes. He's running real routes down the field. Uh, And if he can just break one of these tackles, then all of a sudden he's gone. It only takes one with him. And when we think about like opportunity, if I talk about someone like Ryan Griffin, it takes one red zone look and all of a sudden he's paid himself off with his touchdown. With Gesicki, if he scores a touchdown, I'd probably think it's a longer-ish touchdown. Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of just raw athleticism at the tight end position, Mike Kosicki is like one of the most athletic players we've ever seen at the position. He's had trouble adjusting to the NFL game and physicality and and all that. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's an athletic dude for sure. But even just looking back at his past few weeks, like for 3,100 bucks, you get a shot at a guy who's seen, let's see, six, three, four, seven targets the past four weeks, 95 yards last week. But before that, he had uh, ten, the 10 yards against Pittsburgh, not a good matchup, 41 against the Bills, 51 against Washington. Like, this is a tough-ish matchup against the Colts, but it's not outrageous. And I don't think that he's posted enough fantasy points on a reliable basis that people will be like, oh, got to use that guy. No, I think that they will go for a what I feel is like a lower upside but slightly higher floor play in Doyle. Mm-hmm. oh yeah I mean Doyle's gonna be more popular for sure and Doyle you know Doyle needs touchdowns to get there too I mean all these cheap tight ends you know you need touchdowns to get there it just is what it is if uh Ingram sits would you even consider Rhett Ellison <laughs> oh god I'd have to think about that my first instinct is no but I- I'd have to think about that I haven't I haven't looked at Rhett freaking Ellison Rhett Ellison $2,500 you might need it that 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 allows you access to a lot yeah, I mean, 2,500, you know, it's like, God, they catch a couple balls. But we have we have data on on him without Evan Ingram, so I'll have to go back and look at it because Evan Ingram has missed some games this year and Red Ellison has started, so I'll go back and look. 
So the other one, too, is I have last week the winner of the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League, which you can find the link to in the description of this video or podcast, punted at defense. He took the skins. The skins scored two points. But that $1,800 in his lineup allowed him to basically stack his lineup with McCaffrey, Samuels, and everyone in that Tampa and Seahawks game. And that turned out to be the winning lineup. Is it worth just is I mean, you have to hedge against a defense not going completely bonkers like the Eagles that one week or the Patriots on like three of the slates this year. But if you can avoid a defense scoring like 35 points, is it always best just to try to take the punt? and Maybe you'll get lucky. But maybe even if you don't get lucky with the points that you get lucky that no one else goes off and it doesn't really matter what your defense scores. It's more valuable to have the savings. Yeah, so I'll say two things. I mean, the reason that uh, everybody's trying to pay down at tight end is because it's so at defense is because it's so unpredictable. Turnover rate is so unpredictable. I mean, you know, uh, from year to year, from week to week, it's really hard to project turnovers. And then uh, it's even harder to project touchdowns. And obviously, you're talking about slate breaking scores, you need touchdowns. That is just extremely difficult to predict, almost impossible to predict defensive touchdowns. Um, from a perspective uh, of cash, from raw equity, I think it almost never makes sense to pay up uh, at defense. You know, like the Bills played great last week. Bills defense played great last week against the Redskins. They finished with eight points because, like, they didn't force turnovers, which are kind of random, and they didn't fix – and they didn't have any defensive touchdowns, which are super random. Uh, I would say from a game theory perspective in tournaments, however, that when you get these punt tight ends – and the Redskins were, like, 20-something percent owned in, in uh, the edge listener league. I'm not, I think they were, like, 15 or 16 in the Millie Maker or something like that, you know, uh, I don't want to play a punt defense at that kind of ownership from a game theory perspective, um, because you're not really gaining that much. Like, even if they play well, uh, yeah, you got access to a bunch of other stuff, but yeah, you know, you don't really gain that much on the field. So uh, yeah, I try to stay away from it in tournaments, but in cash, like paying down a defense, I think is undoubtedly the right uh, play. So if that's the idea this week, you have, let's say, four pay down defenses you have the cardinals at 22 the titans at 2000 which could be in play if matt moore ends up going cincinnati Bengals 1700 atlanta falcons 1500 dollars. the cardinals would be the most intriguing if mahomes plays but i feel like everyone will take the titans if matt moore starts yeah the titans at 20 and the and the cardinal i mean Jameis winston is a, a turnover machine you know and even when he plays well he turns the ball over so i think the cardinals at 22 and and the Titans at 20. And then if you can find the money, uh, I think the Browns at, at 25, you know, Josh Allen is, is prone to taking <laughs> stacks and turn the ball over as well. So I, I think there's some options there. Yeah. So just objectively looking at it, the Browns are one of my favorite plays on the slate, uh, $2,500. The Steelers, I love at $2,600 against this Rams team. Hopefully that the offensive line isn't quite back yet. If Mahomes plays Chiefs D in attacking defense against a miserable offensive line is only $2,700 plus you have those slate breakers in the return game that we know that they can you know eventually they're going to return one of these for a touchdown they're too damn fast not to if you were to pay up the Giants at $2,800 intrigue me a little bit again good defensive line against the worst offensive line in football and then the Rams at $3,000 I don't think you need to go above the Rams unless you really want to get to the Saints and I think that's just too expensive well what about the Ravens I don't like the Ravens this week no, you're out. It's not that I'm out. Is I don't want to pay for like if we're talking about all the guys that we like on this slate, whether it be Michael Thomas or Christian McCaffrey. Like, how am I going to find four thousand dollars to pay for the Ravens D? Take out a loan. <laughs> I, I use my my extra credits in my lineup. Be like this week, you get an extra five thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. 
it's you know you don't get a loan from DraftKings to have uh, extra money in your lineup. I would still be bad if they allowed me to have ten thousand dollars more than everyone else. Uh, yeah, no, I think from a raw expectation, I mean, you know, Ravens against Ryan Finley, I think makes sense. I actually think Saints against Matt Ryan uh, has a really high high uh, upside and. And what about Colts against um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's a, who's a turnover machine? Like all those, I think, are in play. I agree with you about um, uh, about the Steelers and the Rams, but but yeah, I think paying up if that's going to be contrarian, you know, like that would be something I would want to explore in tournaments or some of those higher price ones like Colts and Saints and Ravens. Like if it came down to it, would you rather have the Ravens and Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey and the Browns? Yeah, well, of of course, right. I'd rather have the Christian. McCaffrey side uh what percentage of the time does uh the other side win though versus their ownership you know so you know if you're one of the game theory bros for tournaments that's the kind of stuff you should be thinking about yeah I, I think it's very intriguing I the Giants D though uh, against the Jets 2800 bucks I doubt anyone's going to use them but their defensive line has been getting to the quarterback and Sam Darnold likes turnovers this is what I've heard <laughs> He, he also likes like kissing uh chicks and messing up his toenail and getting mono and stuff like that he's a mess you would almost say that it sounds like he's cursed almost sees almost. ghosts sees yeah. ghosts there's black cats on the field at metlife yeah. like there's something spooky going on with the jets this year especially sam Darnold. so i'd watch out for that anyway levy anything else to add for the week or just watch your guys's stuff yeah, no, and I'll be on, on on Friday to go through everything that that we think uh, is in play. So so yeah, check us out then on Friday night, and and we'll have a much clearer picture. You know, I I, I did this special for Mayo where I actually thought about the slate on Wednesday morning, but normally, you know, I like to get all the information and it percolates and I and I think about it and and it seeps into my core on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then I start actually thinking about prices and and context and stuff like that on Friday night. So. So yeah, we'll, we'll be more into it and we'll be more in tune. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the purpose of this show to begin with. That's why it comes out on the Wednesday. It's, it's the first look at the week. Like let's, let's brainstorm some ideas here. What are we thinking? And then you can kind of nail down what you like. Who's on the table. Who's not on the table. Oh, I didn't realize that guy was that price. That's the entire point of this type of show. Uh, Cause if you're just relying me on to make picks, you just lose money every week, but we can talk about the guys in order to figure out, Hey, these guys are on the table. Let's narrow it down as the week goes along. What time are you and uh, Evan Silva live on Friday night? Yeah, we'll be on at 815, but you can always get the replay and you can always get the audio download. So it's no big deal. All right. Yeah. So establish the run.com again, promo code Mayo 20, get yourself 20% off. You get access to those exclusive videos. And then again, on demand, if you are a member at establish the run.com, thanks for being on dude. All right. Thanks for having me, buddy. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to the Pat Mayo experience audio podcast. And if you do and you download the episodes and then you leave a five-star review, DraftKings handling something nice about the show, you're in a draw for 20 DK bucks, just like you will be. If you smash the like button for the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me your favorite running back below $5,000 this week on the DraftKings main slate. Check that all out. My cheat sheet will be out on DK Playbook on Friday evening, maybe Saturday morning, depending on how much I drink on Friday night. And uh, that'll do it. So check that out then. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.